Hello and welcome to the Didache podcast, where we draw upon past wisdom to help plant and grow new churches. In this A Sunday with Jesus series, I'll be joined by a range of guests, and together we'll walk through a typical Sunday, from the call to worship through to food after the service. And we're asking, how do these things help us to follow Jesus throughout the week? My hope is that we'll see our gathered worship of Jesus as the heart of our church life together and our discipleship to Jesus. Not just because of what we're doing, but because of what God is doing in these gatherings. As James Smith wrote, Worship is the arena in which God recalibrates our hearts, reforms our desires, and rehabituates our loves. Worship isn't just something we do, it's where God does something to us. Worship is the heart of discipleship, because it's the gym in which God retrains our hearts. Thanks to all those involved in these episodes, thanks to John Smith for the incredible intro music, and to you for listening. I hope this series helps enlarge your vision of Jesus and his church. Well, welcome to the Didache podcast, and this is Sunday with Jesus series. We're asking why we as followers of Jesus do what we do on Sundays, and what difference does it make to the rest of our week? I'm happy once again to be joined by the Reverend Leslie Shoon, Vicar of All Saints Wickham Market. Thanks for joining me again, Leslie. As always, excellent to be with you. Great to chat. I'm looking forward to this conversation about food uh, and uh, fellowship. Food is obviously a great thing, so uh, looking forward to it. Amen to that. Amen to that. I actually had my first ever hot pot, and I'm from Lancashire. We have we have a Lancashire hot pot, which is very different from the hot pot that I had at yours. Do you remember that? It, it must be... It must be over 10 years ago now, I'd say. It, it was. And uh, as you mentioned, it does come back to mind. Uh, yes, <laughs> a, a long time ago that was. But good times. You will enjoy eating together for many years to come, I hope. Uh, absolutely. And hopefully some form of Asian hot pot will be in the new creation. Um, be sure able, we'll, be. we'll be able to have fish balls, but maybe not the beef, the beef balls. <laughs> 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 Leslie, Sunday-only Christianity is a term used for the kind of church that comes together on Sundays... But that gathered worship doesn't spill into or spread out into Monday to Saturday. Perhaps that's been the experience of some listening to this episode. And sometimes those Sundays can be a brief hour before the rush to get out and get back home for our own Sunday lunch. Again, hopefully that's not the experience of those who are listening, but perhaps it is for some. Leslie, why is it so important that church is not limited to an hour on Sundays? Church is about family and relationships. Uh, we're invited to join in with the family of God. We're brothers, we're sisters, uh, we're beloved children in the same family. And so uh, we'd hope that we'd love to spend time with each other. Uh, so when we leave church on a Sunday, uh, we don't just say goodbye, see you next week, but that there'll be lots of opportunities to encourage, to build each other up, to share in joys and in sorrows, uh, because we just love each other and we enjoy being in each other's company. Absolutely. Well, Leslie, there's so much food in the Bible. Even Genesis 1, Peter Lightheart says, ends with a menu. Can you give us a theology of food in the Bible? Yeah, brilliant that the Bible does start and it ends with feasting and food. Uh, One of the Lord's uh, first gifts to humanity is the gift of food. Uh, And so food is such an important part of uh, our gathered worship, uh, such an important part of our experience of life. Um, the dependence on food. Uh, It's a universal human experience. We get hungry, we need to eat. Uh, And uh, the Bible uses that sort of a language, that sort of an imagery to remind us again and again 
that we depend not just on physical uh, nourishments and vitamins and carbs and sugars, but, uh, but we need the nourishment from the Lord. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is uh, the, the bread of life. Uh, and he is the, the true bread that comes down from heaven. Uh, and in receiving him, uh, we receive life. And, and we cover that as we uh, think about um, uh, the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, uh, communion. Uh, of course, we need uh, that uh, food for life. Uh, but food uh, so often in the Bible is, is not a, a solitary experience. Uh, as we receive life from God, it's not just about us uh, sitting and eating in uh, um, as a solo independent person, but, but we eat in community. Uh, we receive from God the life that he gives in community. And so uh, we cannot be a Christian alone. And so that kind of overflows into our understanding about food. We do not eat alone, but we eat so often together uh, because we're, we're not Christians and we do not live our Christian life uh, alone. Uh, and so again and again, kind of the, the Bible has this theme of food as a way of uh, teaching us and showing us uh, how we're to relate to one another as we relate uh, to the Lord God. Uh, and the, the idea of eating is not just something that we as Christians and as God's children do, uh, but one of the joys that the Lord invites us to eat with him and to share together in uh, a feast with him. Uh, and so uh, in Exodus 24, when uh, God's people have been rescued from Egypt, uh, he, he, the, the leaders of Israel uh, climb up this uh, to the mountain, they meet with the Lord. And what does he do? Uh, he sets before them a feast and he eats and he drinks uh, with them. Uh, so many of the, the laws uh, surrounding the life and the worship of Israel is around feasts and festivals and eating together. Uh, in the presence of the Lord God as we gather in worship and sharing with him. And, and then all the way towards the end of the Bible, this, the, the ending of the wedding supper of the lamb. And we talked about uh, hot pots and uh, the food of the nations. I'm sure we'll be there uh, and we'll be able to feast together uh, into all eternity, enjoying that time of uh, food, uh, of dependence continued, even in heaven, uh, especially in heaven, perhaps, uh, depending on the Lord uh, all together relying on him to give us uh, our daily bread what a what a great vision uh, of food in the bible there and i can't wait to actually try the food of the new creation with renewed body renewed taste buds oh what's it going to be like i know it's going to be amazing isn't it even just thinking about the the um spies who go into canaan and they come back mm. carrying these grapes uh, and they've got to carry a cluster between uh, think what were those grapes and that was only just a taste of what new creation food will be like. I think the, the most delightful delicacies of this world will pale in comparison. So, yeah, very much uh, lots to look forward to there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what combinations will we will we finally figure out? I mean, you know, we've got we've got uh, nachos and cheese and ham and pineapple and that now. But what combinations have we missed? What has yet to be discovered? And yeah, yeah, we're all going to uh, change careers and become chefs and cooks <laughs> in, in heaven, I think. Yeah. Well, that's it. We, we, we'll we be out of a job, won't we? Uh, <laughs> yeah. As well as yeah. lawyers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, we'll all be chefs. I may be able to cook for the first time. <laughs> no, it's uh, so look, we're a fasting people, but we're a feasting people as well. Mm. And, you know, we, we've just been saying that I, I love eating with the church family on there. On Sundays, we normally we will eat with people after the service whether it's in our home in someone else's home sometimes we get up to the the curry mile here in manchester which is just a stone's throw from 
from where we gather as church. And, uh, and of course, Jesus loves eating with people too. And when we read the mm. Gospels, he's always eating. In fact, someone said uh, that in Luke's Gospel, Jesus is either at, coming to, or going to a meal. Uh, he's always mm. eating in people. So talk to us a little bit about how Jesus eats and how he uses meals uh, in the scriptures. Jesus is a great example of how food is about relationship. Uh, food is about gathering with others and to share his life with them. And, and so we pattern ourselves after him. Uh, as we eat with others, we're sharing our life with them uh, and, and also receiving life from them because we acknowledge uh, th that we need uh, the, the encouragement, the building up, uh, the support and the encouragement from others. Uh, and so, um, yeah, Jesus, it's, it's really important who he eats with. Uh, he gets... Um, uh, accused of eating with some who others in society wouldn't eat. Oh, why is Jesus eating with these sinners, with these tax collectors? Uh, doesn't he know who he's gathering with? Uh, and uh, and so he eats with those who society would reject because he's offering them life. He's showing them uh, his generosity. He's sharing his food in a sense with the poor, and he's receiving food from them as well in, in that kind of coming together of uh, those uh, who need life. Uh, and and Jesus, who is the source of life. And and, and so some of that is about sharing life. Um, I, I think it's also just about uh, mutuality of uh, coming together day by day uh, and uh, uh, um, not being isolated from uh, from others. But we, we've already uh, covered some of that. Uh, how else does Jesus uh, use um, uh, food? Uh, he, he uses it by way of instruction and discipleship. Uh, and so, so many opportunities that he takes in speaking and in uh, teaching his disciples over food. And I think that's where we should be using our meal times. When we're meeting with Christians, uh, we take the opportunities to reflect on the day and to see how God has been at work, uh, to take opportunities to reflect and uh, to, to acknowledge our need of him and, and how we're to see our experiences in light of who God is and what he's like. Uh, as well as that, uh, as Jesus does, it's a, it's a time of outreach. And of opening our tables for others. Proverbs 22 says that the generous are blessed because they share their food with the poor. Mm. Uh, we're not necessarily thinking about financial rich, uh, uh, riches or poverty, but we're thinking about spiritual uh, poverty. And there are many who know nothing of the life of the Lord Jesus and inviting them to share food together. Uh, that's exactly what Jesus does. He goes to those who have no uh, spiritual health and he invites uh, them to, to enjoy life. And so, yeah, Jesus uh, again and again demonstrates through the uh, food itself, uh, but through the meal times and who he eats with, his generosity and uh, spending time with others, uh, very much a, a part of Jesus' ministry. Mm, mm, amen. So eating, it, it's a deep and profound thing, isn't it? It's not just about getting energy. And I've seen like, there's, I think there's a, been a rise in like on the go meals, you know, meals that you can mm. just kind of, and it, you know, drinks, liquid, liquid meals, that sort of stuff. But there is something deep about sitting at a real table with real food that you can chew with real people, as you've, you've uh, spoken about there, because eating together is about relationships. Yeah, definitely. I, I think um, one of the th top tips that I would give to uh, parents uh is to eat meals together mm. uh turn off the television make sure there's no television in the room with the the table uh it doesn't have to be a fancy meal or anything just sit down and eat together uh even if it is a quick and easy meal um actually just that time together 
of um, being able to reflect on the day, to spend time together, to hear each other as well. Um, so often we pass by and we don't really have the opportunity or we don't give ourselves the opportunity to uh, listen and to hear and to respond to how other people are. And, and we find that mealtimes are such a, a powerful part of that. And I think because God has given that to us as a gift to spend time together. I'm into that. Yeah, any Northerners that are listening, chuck away those TV dinner trays. <laughs> Actually, to be fair, I have a couple. <laughs> I have yeah, the most- a, there is a place for them, aren't there? Isn't there? Um, but if that's our only experience of eating on the go, caught up in the busyness of, of yeah. life, uh, then actually, um, uh, I think it goes against the idea of depending on the Lord yeah. uh, for our daily bread um, and our daily sustenance. To be able to say, you know what, this time is a time to receive from the Lord and I'll put off the things that I feel I must do. Yeah. I shall then trust that to the Lord in this time of just uh, uh, being in the Lord's presence and yeah. being in the presence of others. Uh, or, or indeed even just eating alone actually there's still a time to fellowship with the lord uh, even as we eat alone at times uh, absolutely uh, and yeah all jokes aside i think we are missing out actually if we are kind of sat in front of the tv um kind of uh you know may- maybe we've got family sat with us and and i, I do hit apparently the statistics are more and more people are doing that but actually there is something so deep and profound and necessary about being around a table uh, eating together and you're right there's just something so unifying about that um and, and also not not just for friends but actually maybe even for enemies i mean you, mm. you talked about the festivals the uh, and the, and the feasts and the sacrificial system back there in the old testament and we see what one of those is the the fellowship offering uh where um you've got all these other sacrifices the burnt offering the guilt offering and, and all of those which are necessary and the, the Israel had to do these, but then you have this fellowship meal, which is kind of the climax of them all, where the Lord invites them to come and sit and eat with him. Uh, those who were once enemies now sitting and eating at the table of the Lord. And there's something so powerful about that, actually, about how meals can bring even enemies uh, together. And, and there's probably much more to say about, about that, but there is something so unifying about uh, eating together. Yeah, it's a very practical demonstration of uh, one's love and generosity towards others, that uh, even though we may disagree and uh, not have a great relationship, actually to physically, practically demonstrate, look, I've got an open space at this table for you, Mm -hmm. Uh, and not just any old space, but a a place of honour at my table, and I will uh, give of what I have in order to feed you and to feast with you, uh, is a powerful, powerful demonstration of love towards those who might consider themselves and we might consider uh, as our enemies and uh, against us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, you've you've showed us how Jesus eats in the Gospels and the Scriptures. Uh, how, how does our learning from Jesus, how to eat together on Sundays, spill into our eating throughout the week? Yeah, yeah, because um, all of life is about enjoying a relationship with the Lord God. Uh, all of life is about enjoying relationship with other Christians, uh, and all of life is about demonstrating that love and sharing with uh, the world around us. Uh, so, of course, as we eat every day, as we eat three times a day or two meals for some, I guess, uh, those every opportunity, uh, every time we eat is an opportunity uh, to uh, share in that fellowship with the Lord, uh, with other Christians uh, and uh, with the world. Um, so um, sometimes I think in the busyness of this world, uh, going back to the idea of TV dinners, we think, 
oh, as long as I get some sustenance, that's all I need. I just need something to get me through the next three or four hours. But actually, if we uh, begin to see that actually food is a gift from the Lord given to us to enjoy him and to enjoy people, then I think that will transform the way in which we prioritize it, the way we use it. Uh, and, uh, and that will be much more than a Sunday. Actually, it's good that every day we need to eat and every day we, we have the opportunities uh, to share with others. Um, I, I know that's hard. <laughs> uh, not all of us are, are big uh, cooks. Uh, not all of us uh, enjoy uh, even eating, actually. Um, some enjoy it more and some enjoy it less than others. But nevertheless, it is a gift to us in one way or another to be able to enjoy that. And we mustn't let the, the uh, pressures of it get to us as well. So often inviting people around feels like this really big thing, uh, especially here in Suffolk. We found as we've moved here uh, three years ago, uh, people don't use their homes as much as uh, other places that we've lived. Uh, people are much more reticent to open their doors and to invite people in. Um, and, and I think that's uh, because um, people are fearful of what people might think of their homes. It feels a bit more like a, a personal space. Uh, but as Christians, I think as we experience who God is and what he's like, that should transform us and shape us that we begin more and more to feel able to just be who we are and to share and to love others. Don't worry about the dust in the corners. Don't worry about you know, the color of your curtains or how dirty your carpets are. Of course, we want to love others and show hospitality and work hard at that, uh, but, but not in a way that prevents us from sharing that gift with others. It's a, it's a time of freedom and of liberation to enjoy uh, God's gift to us. So, so yeah, just, just go for it. Invite someone around. Uh, it doesn't even have to be a meal, maybe just a cup of tea and biscuits, yeah. uh, cake, eat lots of cake and, and invite <laughs> people around to share it. Oh, great advice. Great advice. Yeah. Tim Chester has that great book, A Meal with Jesus. And one of the points that uh, was so powerful to me was he said, you know, so many of us are, uh, are, are worried about how to fit in mission and we might add fellowship into our busy lives but he says God's actually given us three opportunities every day to either evangelize or to fellowship with Christians and that's breakfast dinner and tea or breakfast lunch and dinner this sort of this might, this might say. <laughs> depends where you're from <laughs> and yeah. of course, and- I mean we might not say like every every meal we're going to have someone but actually maybe there are a few throughout the week that we say on on that at that meal I'm going to be with people, certainly on Sundays. I think given that ho- the whole of Sunday to church, I think our church family is, is, is I think, a, a good way to go. And whether that's inviting someone over to, to our house, inviting ourselves over to someone else's house or going mm-hmm. out together, uh, I think that's, uh, that's, I'd, I'd say that's essential. Uh, but certainly throughout the week as well, just building in those signs, whether it's a, a breakfast on a Saturday or, a, or a, an evening meal on a Wednesday, we found that to be quite helpful uh, in, in, in our family. Yeah. And, and I think interesting there about the family aspect of it uh, is it's important for us uh, who do have family members that we live with in the same house, whether it's a, a spouse and or children, uh, we have that natural um, um, daily experience of it. Mm-hmm. And important for us to remember uh, and to care for those who perhaps don't have uh, of course, there's nothing wrong with being alone in that sense. 
Um, and, and there's always the fellowship that we can have with the Lord. Um, and uh, they have opportunities to invite and to share hospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but f- it, yeah, it's just good to remember, actually, there may be those who have less of those natural opportunities. And one of the ways in which we show Christian love is to uh, particularly open our homes so that we share meals regularly with yeah. those who, who might feel a bit more keenly that sense of being uh, alone and isolated, not having people to share every breakfast with. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so, so worth going out of our way in order to uh, demonstrate that love uh, towards others. Agreed. And I feel like I've learned so much actually in our church family here in Manchester at TCC uh, and, and seen different things. You know, I've seen families host families for meals. I've seen families host single people for, for meals. Uh, the other day, uh, the other week, rather, uh, one of the, the single members of our congregation invited our whole family over for breakfast on Saturday, and that was wonderful. And we have church family members who don't own their own homes, actually. And mm. we think, what, what, what does all this mean for them? Well, again, it's how do we work together in this? We've had, we have a, a wonderful brother in Christ uh, who came to our house, used our barbecue, cooked a great meal for everyone and invited people to ours, you know, and I've seen, I've seen lots of, of, of different ways to work that the church family has worked together in this. So yeah, let's be creative. Let's help one another and let's uh, fellowship with one another throughout the week. And if I could just learn one more uh, thing that's uh, we've not kind of touched on so far, we, we looked at the festivals and the feasts a little bit. Uh, I think one of the, the ways our culture kind of approaches the, the annual calendar certainly in the more prosperous uh, uh, Western backgrounds is w- we feel entitled to an annual holiday or two or three where we go away. And so often we work and work and work in anticipation of the next holiday where we go away. Whereas I wonder actually whether uh, we, we should have our thinking shifted uh, so that we're not looking forward to the next holiday, but we're looking forward to the next feast and the next festival. Um, and so if you're feeling tired and worn down and you're like, oh, what is there next to look forward to? And maybe you should just pick a weekend in your diary, uh, pick a Saturday, uh, find a way to gather a bunch of people together and have a big feast and let that be the thing that you look forward to. I think we do it naturally at Christmas. Um, Americans would have Thanksgiving. Uh, there's a chance for an Easter uh, a meal together, have an Ascension meal party. Um, don't necessarily, oh, holidays are great. Uh, a little taster of you know going elsewhere to uh, 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 to rest and to to the land that the Lord has in store for us. But actually, uh, maybe a much more sustainable and realistic way for for most all of us is actually uh, a much more biblical way is look forward to the next feast with your family and invite others as well uh, to meet with your Christian brothers and sisters uh, to enjoy that time of food together. Wow, love that! So exciting. So kind of going right back to where we started, you know, we, we, we don't want to uh, buy into that kind of Sunday only Christianity or, or the idea of kind of coming together for an hour and then saying, see you later next week. Actually, church is about the whole of life together with Jesus and we can eat together and fellowship with one another, not just on those Sundays, but throughout the week as well. And yeah, let's be creative about that. And also, as you, as you said, Leslie, not just using our meals for, for fellowship with uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, but we also want to invite those who do not know Christ uh, to our meal tables that we might be able to share the gospel, live it out in front of them so that we might call them brothers and sisters in Christ one day as well. Well, Leslie, thank you so much for your reflections on food and fellowship. It's been really exciting, really helpful for me and I hope helpful uh, to those who've been listening as well. Uh, thanks very much, Leslie. Absolute pleasure. I'm going to go get some food.
Yeah, I think I might do as well. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again. See you Bye-bye. soon.